Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, it's the one and only, the Don of Stereo, aka known as Only on the Hoodie Stereo. And I thought, hey, why not bring my talents to Spotify and let people know, you know what I'm saying? We don't support NB supporters and anybody who is against the righteousness of straight people. If you like to hear us being uplifted and them being kicked into the dirt, here is the podcast for you. Only on a hoodie stereo, the Don is spoken. Welcome, Spotify. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to apologize for the previous two episodes. There might have been parts in the episodes where I was saying something and it went obviously blank. I listened to it on the playback, and I appreciate y'all for listening. There will be no more slip-ups. Now back to your schedule programming. Only on the Hoodie Stereo. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It's the Don and Stereo, and I'm here to bring you the rise and fall of Coon Chicken Inn. We're going to listen to a documentary by Commerce youtuber that's not really known heard a little bit of it so i got kind of a robot voice so y'all don't mind that but let's tune in only on a hoodie stereo so live to die presents coon chicken in Chicken Inn was a fried chicken restaurant chain located on the old Bothell Highway on the outskirts of the Seattle city limits in what is today the Lake City neighborhood of Seattle. The Seattle branch part of a larger chain founded by Max and Lester Grant born in 1897 in Salt Lake City, Utah in 1925 opened its... That's crazy to me. That's crazy to me. That's that a place would be called Coon Chicken Inn and not be created in the South. What was Seattle thinking? Doors in August 1930. The restaurant was famous for its ubiquitous logo of a coon or a caricatured African-American male. Despite protests from the African-American community, the Seattle branch remained open until late 1949. The Coon Chicken Inn's famous logo was of a coon or a racist caricature of an African-American male rooted in 19th century minstrel theater and early 20th century advertising. So the picture was literally what they would describe as a wide mouth coon. Boy, ain't no fucking way, boy. Boy, ain't no 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 way, boy. The restaurant's Coon logo wore a porter's uniform. The face was complete with a winking left eye and enlarged red lips forever gaping to expose the words Coon Chicken Inn etched on the rows of shiny white teeth. The Coon logo appeared on every dish silverware piece menu matchbox and even appeared on the matchsticks. And children's fan produced for the restaurant. 
The doors of the Coon Chicken and its delivery car were plastered with a Coon logo and the entrance to the restaurant itself featured a 12-foot high Coon head by which patrons would enter the restaurant through a door in the head's mouth and chin. Wow. Wow. Y'all heard that correctly. Y'all heard that correctly. They said you gotta go through the chicken, coon chicken in. Through the coon's mouth. Lake City remained outside of the Seattle city limits until 1954. The old Bothell Highway had played a role in setting Seattle's racial landscape since the early 20th century. The area gained township status in 1949 after a flood of families flocked to the suburbs in the post-World War II years. Lake City's development was always dependent on the automobile. In 1911, King County improved the Bothell Highway and old logging road by paving it with asphalt-based night. Located in an unincorporated area of King County easily accessible by automobile, the old Bothell Highway proved to be a prime location for roadside restaurants. As early as 1919, Southern and Minstrel-themed fried chicken restaurants were attracting Seattleites who, according to Hattie Graham Horrocks Guide to Seattle Restaurants, wished to drive out of town for the occasional dinner. This is wild, ladies and gentlemen. This is wild. Until my southern and renowned for frying chicken in a window and plane. Sight of passers-by became one of the first soon followed in 1921 by Bob's Place and in 1923 by Mammy's Shack. Though many roadside restaurant facades were utilitarian, a few like the... Oh my God. Like... This menu, ladies and gentlemen, is crazy. I'm about to just read off bits and pieces of this menu we have excuse me ladies and gentlemen on drought olympia 10 cents with the shorts these are the beverages bottle beers we got the western for the 15 cent the eastern for the 20 cent wines and the sour wines they got the sweet wines the pints the sour Wine glass, dinner wines, and the quartz, they all 15 cents. But the ginger ale, the lime ricket, white rock, and 7-Up, pints, 25 cents. Then you got the Dutch luncheon for 50 cents, hot or cold, baked ham, or roast park, or assorted cold sandwiches with potato salad and pickled olives cheese plate 40 cent assorted cheese sandwiches potato salad pickles and olives sandwiches chicken salad baked ham spice ham liver sausage american cheese that was wild and that's all 25 cent and then you got the club cotton dinner you got the coon fried chicken. These day appetizers. They were 75 cents. Coon fried chicken, chicken fried steak, home baked ham, hot butter roll, french fried potatoes, preserves, ice cream, 
chocolate nut fudge cake. Pause for the New York audience. Sherbert or cheese and crackers. You could get coffee, tea, and muck. And they salads include lettuce and tomatoes, special fruit or potato salad was 15, no, 35 cent. My bad, y'all. Chicken, crab, shrimp, and lobster was 50 cent salad with a choice of dressing and hot butter rolls. Them prices is insane. Like, I know the cost of living back then was, like, low, as you can obviously see. But it's like, what's sad is if you was to open up a place like this now with those prices, black folks would eat there. No cap. They would. Hey, boy. I'm not lying. I'm not lying, because I know that's what y'all thinking, like, nigga, what is wrong with you? But I am so serious. It's something to think about. Something to think about. Coon chicken and embrace a more fanciful programmatic architectural design. Like the landmark Brown Derby restaurant in Los Angeles or the Teapot Dome service station in Zilla, Washington, programmatic or novelty architecture aimed to attract the attention of passersby with its unconventional structures. Once he had situated it on the old Bothell Highway, Lester Graham vigorously promoted the new restaurant. On August 31, 1930, an advertisement for the newly opened Coon Chicken and disguised as a news story took up almost a full page in the Seattle Times. Oh, my. Whoever was on this advertising team, they was a genius, nigga. They made sure that y'all was going to know about Coon Chicken in Seattle. They was going to make sure y'all knew about Coon Chicken in Seattle. Chicken and opened in Seattle, the page featured the short columns Coon Chicken. Ask anyone who came from South Highway Resort is one of huge national chain and is built from local materials. Utah folk are champions. A fried chicken telephone will bring chicken to your home and parking space is provided at in for 500 autos. The page also included a large display. Advertisement for the restaurant complete with this description. <clears throat> the best fried chicken you've ever tasted. That's a mighty strong statement, but you'll agree after visiting Seattle's newest, most unique eating place. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's the best place to eat chicken. Because they got actual coons making it. This is sad. This is so disrespectful. That it's the mighty true one. Coon Chicken and brings to Seattle and the Northwest a nationally famous method of cookery and provides a novel, pleasing restaurant at which you'll enjoy eating. Good food, sir. And they literally got the freaking coon on the mustard and dressing bottles. Their depiction of the coon, the black porter. This is so despicable. I can't wait to hear about the fall part in this video. In a cheerful atmosphere. A service that will fit in with your every planned party after theater affair or the wish for a splendid meal. Throughout America, our splendid foods have pleased the most discriminating palates. 
Poon Chicken and is not just another restaurant, it is an innovation providing a pleasurable change from the ordinary cafe and new eating place whose cuisine is considered in a class by itself, head and shoulders above the average. Though wow. the Seattle Times advertisement and article. Wow. Seattle, Portland, and Salt Lake. They all had coon chicken ends. This is crazy. And I always told people I felt like Utah was racist. Here's the proof. Make no mention of African Americans or the coon stereotype. The African American community in Seattle took issue with this blatant display of racial hostility. Okay, so Seattle wasn't going for that. Portland. Portland went for that shit. And Utah with their racist ass went for that shit. Seattle wasn't going for that shit. Seattle wasn't going for that shit. They said the racism done hit. It's over 9, they couldn't deal with this shit no more. So they stood on something. Shout out to Seattle. Everywhere else, though, y'all was weak as fuck for allowing this shit. In 1930, the Seattle branch of the National Association for the Advancement for Colored People and Seattle's African-American newspaper, the Northwest Enterprise, protested the open... These niggas put the coon in the ashtray. Symbolically ashing on the coon, giving you their thoughts of you. Giving their thoughts of you. That's when you know it's low. I've never seen a white man be goofy enough to put their motherfucking face in the ashtray. You know they hated the coon. They're going to talk about, yeah, it's marketing. Nah, it ain't marketing. At first, motherfucker go with that. Now I know where you're going. I ain't no conspiracy theorists, but this shit is crazy. This shit is crazy. I dare you put a coon in the ashtray and think you going to get away with it, nigga. And I know a lot of y'all are probably wondering. Damn, son, where'd you find this? I was informed by a couple of OGs about this place, and it shocked me. It shocked me so much to the point where I was like, you know what? Look, fuck you. Fuck the plane you flew in on. Fuck them shoes. Fuck those socks with the bell on it. Fuck your gay-ass fairy faggot accent. Fuck them cheap-ass cigars. Fuck your yuck mouth teeth. Fuck your hairpiece. Fuck your chocolate. Fuck Guy Ritchie. Fuck Prince William. Fuck the queen. This is America. My president is black and my Lambo is blue, nigga. Now get the fuck out of my hotel room. And if I see you in the street, I'm slapping the shit out of you. In so many words, because I couldn't deal. I couldn't have been in this time and deal with that. But like I said, in today's world, they probably get away with that. They disrespect the black man every chance they get. I think if a man had the liquor courage to make this restaurant, bring it back to light, but keep these prices like not as low, but lower than most fast food restaurants or restaurants, man, you're going to have every redneck and their mama going out to eat that coon chicken in. I'm telling y'all, I haven't lied to y'all yet, and I haven't, and I'm not gonna start. And I'm not gonna start. So, <sighs> is this something to think about? 
Michael flew chicken in by threatening Grant with a lawsuit for libel and defamation of race. In response, Grant agreed to change the style of advertising by removing the word coon from the restaurant's delivery car, repainting the coon head entrance to the restaurant and canceling an order of 1,000 automobile tire covers. These small concessions, however, were not enough to erase the image of the caricature from Seattle. Grant violated his agreement with the NAACP but managed to evade the lawsuit by changing the color of the coon logo from black or brown skin to blue. Wow. Wow. Then I whooped the bitch ass at Walmart. You know I'm ignorant. Absolutely. Because in all honesty, he already knew that the branding was there. And to lose to black people, he just couldn't go for it. So he's like, I'm going to keep the logo, but I'm going to change the color. So I could always wonder, why is this so-called coon blue? That I just got informed, ladies and gentlemen, it wasn't always blue. It used to be brown, it used to be black. It used to be brown, it used to be black. Hey, bro, come on now, dog. Come on, man. In an oral history interview recorded by Esther Mumford in 1975, Joseph Stanton, an employee of the Northwest Enterprise, related how some members of the African-American community took individual action against the Coon Chicken Inn. Stanton and four friends created what Stanton referred to as a contest. Each friend put in 50 cents apiece, and whoever cut the most Coon faces out of the spare tire covers after 30 days would win the pot. Eventually, Stanton was caught participating in this prank and was arrested, booked, and fined $3. In March 1937, the bartenders, cooks, waiters, and waitresses union and the musicians union orchestrated a joint labor protest against the Coon Chicken Inn. All right, now I was about to say, I was about to say, I was about to say, because I'm going to end my show with the commercial. And I could tell that that woman was not happy to say that. You can hear the sadness in that commercial. You can hear the sadness in that commercial, ladies and gentlemen. She did not want to say those words. So it doesn't shock me that they finally got the courage to, but it probably took somebody else, everybody else fighting. They would have kept going on with their day and keeping their jobs if nobody cared. And that's a fact. And that's what's wrong with people today. Motherfuckers need to learn to stand up without somebody having to put a battery in your back. The unions picketed the restaurant for a week holding signs that read unfair while protesting the restaurant's treatment of organized labor and demanding that the Coon Chicken Inn be completely unionized. The labor action was successful. On March 18, E.B. Fish, the Labor Council for the Seattle Chamber of Commerce Labor Relations Department, Jack Weinberger, the international representative of the bartenders, cooks, waiters, and waitresses union, and Lester Grant signed the standard agreement of the unions. That was legitness. Absolutely. The Coon Chicken Inn persisted on the old Bothell Highway until late 1949 when Lester Grant removed the Coon Head from public view and closed the restaurant's doors. But neither Grant nor the Coon Chicken Inn disappeared from Seattle completely. In December 1949, the Lake City Citizen featured an advertisement for the newly opened G.I. Joe's New Country Store giving its location as the old Coon Chicken Inn building. 
Wow. They wouldn't let it go, y'all. The man gave up, knew that he lost. Like, damn it. I couldn't defeat those coons. <laughs> and they still gonna try. They still gonna try. Too bad, because it's not going to work for you. We in a world today that's so sensitive, I would love to see them try while they're dying around. They might get it off on y'all. They would never get that shit off on me. They know right when they be like, yo, Dodd, what do you vote on them opening up another uh, coon chicken in? Absolutely. Only on a hoodie stereo. Today, the original coon chicken in Billy is gone. The Grower Guys, the bar and restaurant at 8500 Lake City, Way, Seattle, Washington, sits on a piece of land where the restaurant once stood. Though the coon chicken in Desaad is gone, relics of the coon chicken in remain and are generally regarded as black memorabilia collectibles. The Portland location at 5474 Northeast Sandy Boulevard closed in 1949 and was converted into another restaurant and is currently the location of Clyde's Prime Rib. The Seattle location also closed in 1949 and is no longer standing. The Salt Lake City location at 2960 South Highland Drive closed in 1957 and is now the site of a furniture store. Mm. Any fond memories, please? Man. What a story, ladies and gentlemen. Shout out to this dude for breaking that down. And we gonna check out more of these terrible ass motherfucking restaurants and other racial venues that they thought we was gonna let slide. Only on a hoodie stereo. I would like to give a shout out to all of my viewers and listeners. Subscriptions will be on the way. Make sure you follow me at Don of Stereo on all platforms. Don of Stereo, all one word, at, at the beginning. It ain't rocket science. The Don is spoken. Also, I will have a show on Stereo. We're having the Shadow Band series. You guys will love that. Tap into Stereo for more information. And we also going to have the on hoodie battles. Win some money for comedy. Tap in with me on stereo for that information. Otherwise, in that, only on a hoodie stereo. <laughs>